0: with you, which you should, uh, open up to John, or sorry, Galatians chapter 5. That's what we'll park for today, the Galatians chapter 5. I know I'm surprised that even myself, we're not in John anymore. Uh, with the last three weeks we've been talking, actually this month we've been talking about the giving tree. And so uh, as we talk about the giving tree, uh, we've been looking at John 15 and how Jesus is the true vine and stuff like that. And we we talked to, I don't know if you remember this, you can dust out some cobwebs. Uh, four weeks ago, it was a little bit longer ago, but we talked about uh, how to do a Bible study, right? And, and you ask questions when you come to the, uh, to the text. You ask the Holy Spirit to give you wisdom, to bring understanding to you. And as you dig into that, uh, we kind of, we sat there and studied, you know, verse after verse and looked at the different parts that people played. Right? We looked at how, what Jesus' part was and that he's the true vine and only power comes through Jesus himself. The power from the cross comes from Jesus himself and now we're supposed to remain in with the vine. And we found out uh, God the Father's part, right? He's the gardener. He's the one that, that trims and prunes. Not all, not all pruning is bad. It may hurt because cutting doesn't feel good, uh, but the gardener prunes uh, as he sees fit, because we're all to bring glory to God. The, everything from creation, we're part of creation, by the way, we're, we're, we're part of the earth, and everything in creation brings glory to God, and so that's the purpose of what we have. And in that, um, and then we looked at our part, because we're the branches, right? It says that uh, you're the branches, I am the vine. And, and we looked at how if a branch isn't producing fruit, that it gets cut off and withers and thrown into a fire. And we talked about how we need to be bearing branches last week. And so we've, we've talked about all the, the parts of, the, of, well, not every part of God, because there's the Holy Spirit's part. And so what is, what is the Holy Spirit's part when it comes to this metaphor of the giving tree? Um, and I, I, I gave you a hint last week. Does anyone remember what the hint was? Oh, it's okay. Fruits of the Spirit, right? Love, joy, peace. Okay, my daughter's singing over there. Okay, so in the idea of fruit of the Spirit, um, uh, we've, now we now obviously I said it's in Galatians 5, that's where we're apart, so that's, I was going to do like a little trivia, throw out some candy, that's not going to work today. And I, and I was going to have a, a game for us to play today, but that didn't load either. It's okay. Picture for me, have you ever played those games? Let me, let me rephrase this. Have you ever played those games of like too close up and you try to guess what the image is? Like it's super zoomed in and, and you're like, oh, that looks like grass. And then they zoom out a little bit farther and you're like, no, there's a row, Could be a field, maybe not. And then they zoom out farther and it's a tennis ball. You're like, man, I blew that one way out of the park, right? Because sometimes you get so close, you, you miss the big picture. Now, I, we talked about Bible study is that sometimes it's good to kind of sit on one verse for a while and dig into it. The problem is that if you don't take a step back, you know, sometimes when we go to Scripture, we need a magnifying glass to dig and research. But other times we need a drone, something that gets a farther out picture of what's happening. Because if we, if we miss... The grand scheme of things, all of this, this whole book, this whole Bible, is a love story. It's God's love story. From creation to revelation, it's his story coming forth and bringing out truth. And so, we're going to take that sort of Bible study process today and take a big picture look at things. But let's go ahead and look at Galatians 5. We're going to start in verse 19. This is the main center of the text. Starting in verse 19, it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, or factions, verse 21, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Man, Pastor Roger, this is a great verse to start out today. Wow, this is, ooh, I'm so excited to learn what we're talking about. Let's continue on, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, because that's a real popular word, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. If you're singing in your head, you did kids' church for a long time. Okay. Against such things, there is no law. Verse 24. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Let's pray today. God, I ask that you would hide your servant behind the cross. Jesus, you be glorified today. Anoint my tongue to speak your truth, not mine. Holy Spirit, open our minds, open our ears, open our eyes, open our hearts, that we would receive the word, understand the word, and let it take root and to change our lives today. We thank you for it, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, like I said, I want to take a big picture look. So, Sometimes when you go to study the scripture, you can use Google, you can use Blue Letter Bible, BibleGateway.com, lexicons, the sources. There's lots of resources out there. But um, if we take a big picture look, we got to understand, one, this is the book of Galatians. Okay? And so what does that mean? So let's, section one is picture the past. Join with me now on a journey to the history of Galatia. Okay, no, I'm done. I'm done with that. Okay, Galatia was a region in Central Asia Minor. Does anyone know where that is? Wow, anyone? It's Turkey, known as Turkey today, okay? So Asia Minor, that area there, okay? And uh, Paul and Barnabas passed through there on, on this in this area on their first missionary journey. And uh, in that, um, Timothy was actually from this area. He was from um, Derby and Lystra. Okay, so those are individual towns in Galatia. Galatia was more the Providence. It was settled by some I don't know, some Celtics, something, and then Roman Empire took over them in like twenty-five AD. Um but when Paul addressed this book or this letter, he actually addressed it to the churches of Galatia. Every other one was to a specific church, church at Ephesus, church at um, Philadelphia, right? Or Philippi. Uh, this one is to multiple churches. So early on, it was meant to be passed around. This letter was to warn everybody in this area. Uh, it was probably most likely the first book written in the New Testament um, around 49 A.D. So obviously we know that Jesus was born split on time, whatever. So anywhere between 30 and 33 A.D., Jesus died so this is about uh, 15 years later 15 20 years later the churches have already been going right and the first missionary journey is where they founded the church the second missionary journey was with Paul and was to tell them what the acts council was in 15 Um, and in that idea that uh, to be saved all you need to do is these three things and circumcision was not one of them however Paul had founded this church and was concerned because the new Galatian believers were being influenced by Judaizers. Okay, now that's just a fancy term. That means that they were Jews who thought that you need to follow the law of Moses and believe in Jesus at the same time. So a Judaizer would say, hey, you're a Christian, that's awesome. Or you believe now in the Jewish faith, you should follow our faith now and believe that Jesus continued on. Like, it's just an, it's an addendum to what's already been happening. Which is true, it's a branch, but Christianity, Christ paid all the price on the cross. We don't have to follow the law anymore. And so, Paul was kind of upset at what was happening, because there was these influencers about 15, 20 years later, after Christ died, after the churches were founded, that were trying to... Jesus is just an add-on to Judaism. Well, he's he's different. He paid the price. You are free, no longer under the law. So, with that knowledge, when you see things in chapter 5, like verses 4, starting in verse 4, you who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. Grace. There's this idea that, hey, if you're trying to follow the law of Moses, you're you're not accepting Jesus at all. You've fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor nor uncircumcision have any value. The only thing that that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So we understand why Paul was so hard on this fact. Look throughout the whole book of Galatians. He talks about, hey, you don't have to be circumcised. You don't have to do that. And and if you know a little bit about the history of Timothy, as he became a pastor, he chose to be circumcised so he could relate to Jews better, but not because he had to, and probably because of this whole fight that happened from his hometowns. This whole idea that, oh, I have to... I have to do exactly, I have to be a certain way in order to fit in. Hmm, I wonder what Paul would write about today's church if he was doing this. You know, hey, you have to act a certain way. You have to wear a suit and tie every day to, be, to, to look like Jesus. Because that's what Jesus did. Or, or maybe Jesus wore sandals, so you should wear sandals every day. Some of you are saying amen in your head, except for when it's maybe cold outside. You know, and yet, what would he, if you were to write to the church in America, he would probably say, you know what, neither Democrat nor Republican have any value. What, what matters more is that we express, that the only thing that counts is the faith expressing itself through love. Or maybe he would say, maybe he would say, for in Jesus Christ, neither vaccinated nor, va- nor unvaccinated has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. Or, for Jesus Christ, neither a longtime believer nor new convert has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself in love. I mean, we could put any bipolar things in there, right? But what matters is expressing yourself in love. We talked about that last week, right? Remain in my love. If, if you remain in my love, if you follow my commands, then you remain in my love. And they'll know that you're my disciples. Why? Because of how you love. Paul continues on. And this is why in, even a little bit farther down in the chapter, verse 13, he says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Just what Jesus answered, right? If you bite and devour one another, watch out, or you too will be destroyed with each other. So we have a deeper understanding of loving one another so when we finally get to the, the, to the passages that we talk about, right? When you talk about the fruits of the Spirit, everyone knows those two verses. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control, right? Everyone knows those two verses. We focus on the fruit of the Spirit. It's caught into this bigger picture of the past. That, that there is this church that was fighting with one another. Now, I know that today we don't have any fights in American churches. I mean, we're, we're, we've, we've gotten over this. I mean, this is 2,000 years later. We understand the scripture better now, don't we? Because we've never been part of... I love my grandfather. He, uh, there was people who left the church because they stopped serving grape jello at potlucks. Because cherry jello... It was weird. Anyway the straw that breaks the camel's back, we can find and nitpick about anything. But yet, maybe that's why more and more of our culture doesn't doesn't want to be in church or doesn't want the things of churches because all they see is bickering and fighting. Or we're the first Baptist on this corner and the second Baptist on that corner or the first Assembly of God, and the second Assembly of God, and the third Assembly of God, and the fifth Assembly of God, or whatever. Like, I don't understand why uh, this summer we donated chairs. I'm not going to say the place, but we donated chairs to a newer church. And they were supposed to, but there's two churches in the one little town. Because when they were trying to do an outreach to a community and they were going to partner with them, the one church backed out. They're like, nah, we're good the way we are. We don't want to change for saving people. Pretty much is what they said. They probably didn't say that out loud. But we like the way we like it. And, and you can experience God the way we experience God. Is that how that's supposed to happen? Or are we just supposed to pursue God and allow the Holy Spirit to show us how to love? And yet... When there's an opportunity, you know, like this is why I love doing the community service in, in, in August with all the churches, because we under one umbrella of Jesus Christ and the love. Like, we're gonna be working this month. Uh, we have angel tree stuff that you can pick up and, and donate to the community, and we'll have bags of food. And there's almost over, there's over 200 families getting blessed this year through the community. It's not just even our churches. I was listening to someone kind of describe their faith, and um, I, I try not to, as I do research on our culture, I try not to gather information for myself as far as, oh, I need to learn this personally, but how do I better reach the culture that we live in? And there's a lot of deconstruction Christianity happening. I don't know if you've heard this term or not, but there's this lot of people who said, man, if I become a better human, I inevitably become a better Christian versus focusing on being a better Christian only. Sometimes we're caught up on playing church or acting like this is what church should be like that we miss out on helping those around us. Or we miss out on the real needs, in there. Listen, I can have 45 Bible studies every week. I love discussing Bible. But if it's just for my own sake, for me to be stronger and not pour out into others, that's tough. I was, I was in a conference call with, um, his last name is Pike, Uh, He started the Church Multiplication Network in the Assemblies of God. And that was the whole push that we have. Right now we have, um, I can picture his faith, Jeff uh, Hendry. He's leading, he's doing a great job. But the person who started that spent seven years in the district office. And he goes, I was frustrated because I would travel and go to a church and preach and then go back and work in a church office all week long, and then go out and go and preach at another church, and then go. And all I was, was was around Christians all the time. And I knew I was supposed to share my faith, but sometimes that got hard. And I tried to share my faith on airplanes, but how many of you guys know, really, like, you really want to talk to a stranger on an airplane? You'd rather just watch a movie, or when you travel, just relax, right, read a book. But for, he goes, but when God told him to move and start something different, he now lives in an apartment complex where 80% of them are Muslim. And, and he counts the number of interactions he has a day, of just not being a jerk. He goes, I want people to know that I'm nice. And that through that, and then he goes, I have 150 people I'm praying for, and I have 45 in, in religious talks. Out of the 500 people that live in his neighborhood. I was like, man, that is a lot of details to remember. He goes, well, I got spreadsheets. I'm like, okay, that's a little detailed. But do we care that much about our community? Do we know our neighbors' names? There's an app called Bless this, uh, Bless this Home. It's a prayer app. Now, I don't know how they get all this information, but you can just download it, and it tells you the people on your block, if they've registered right, and you can pray for them. And you can mark if you have conversations with them and track how you can bless people. Sometimes we get caught up in this church stuff that we start bickering and fighting. And the big picture of it all is hey, show love to one another. Show love to one another. So now we get not just the big picture part, but we get the now we find out the flesh fight that's happening. Right before this passage, it says this, verse 17, For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. We see Paul unfold this, right? The ugly flesh and the sweet spirit. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, right? We talked about those. All of that stuff in verse 19 and 20 and 21, all of that is the ugly stuff. And we're like, okay, Pastor Roger, I'm good. I don't do this one, and I don't do this one. I, I haven't practiced witchcraft in years. There's that one. Uh, hate. Uh, we'll skip over hatred. Uh, uh, fits of rage. Uh, selfish ambition. Yeah, I'm not very selfish at all. Dissensions, factions, right? We circle the ones that we we don't do, and then we just kind of gloss over the ones that we might do. But that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. There's this flesh, this worldly desire. I heard it said, "Your flesh, the reason why it doesn't want to do what the Spirit does, is because it's part of this earth. It's broken." And it will want to do broken things. And we have this flesh fight in between us that I I know what I'm supposed to do and I know what I want to do and yet I want to be a bearing branch like you talk about, Pastor Roger, but uh, how do I do that? Through the Spirit's help. You're not meant to do this by yourself. God has never, never wanted you to do anything by yourself. It has always been on him. The covenant with Abraham. Jesus on the cross, the Holy Spirit's power, all from God for us and what we are to do. But as we unfold that, right, you get the sweet spirit, which is the fruits of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Goodness is really morality. Morality. Um, gentleness and self-control. If you want to succeed in the fruit of the Spirit, you can't... Some people are like, oh, you need to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit. Just work on being patient. <laughs> I don't know about you, but if ever I've asked for patience, I've never wanted to ask for patience again. Right? Because it, it doesn't happen. But in that moment, if you remain in God's love... You remain in the true vine, and God, and God the gardener has been pruning things out, then the spirit produces the fruit. And we always and we said this, right? The fruit is not for you to enjoy. Why? Because you're the branch. The fruit is for others to see. They will know you by the fruit you produce, by your love. Man, am I, am I really loving? Am I really kind? Do I have patience in situations? Sometimes the best thing to show love is being patient. We, were, uh, we went through Chick-fil-A the other day, and of course, you know, it's busy. It's Chick-fil-A. Uh, but we, they said, okay, pull up to the red sign. We'll bring your food out to you. He's walking it, and the bag rips right by my window. All the food spills out onto the ground. And he's like, I am so sorry. I was like, hey, it's okay you didn't mean to do it right it's not like you purposely like oh here's your food right it's an accident now that's kindness popping out it's showing him hey it's the fruit of the spirit now he doesn't know that you may not see that you may think oh i was just a good person hold up if you rely on the spirit don't shortcome the spirit If you rely on the Spirit, don't think that the Spirit isn't producing in you. Know that those things, how the Holy Spirit talks, hey, God is a gentle whisper sometimes. Right? Sometimes the best thing is to close your mouth. Bite your tongue. Be patient with your speech. But don't say, oh, I've done that, right? Because that gets self-conceited. Say, man, thank you, God, for that. A simple thing like, man, where did I put my book bag? Image popped in my head of where I sat it down last. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for reminding me. Allow, don't, don't think that the Holy Spirit isn't talking to you, isn't working in your life. If you remain in his love, Jesus is the power. He comes through you and the Spirit comes out. It should just be a natural outflow of what happens. The sweet stuff. Against such thing there is no law. Verse 24, for those who belong to Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Understand, when he said crucify, that is a very ugly death. You need to crucify the flesh. You need to get rid of it. Cut it out. Get ugly with it. It may not make sense to some. Why are you getting rid of your TV? Because I don't want to watch anything bad on it. Okay, great. But just because someone gives their TV... Don't because you give away your TV doesn't mean that someone else should. Just because you can't handle one area doesn't mean that you look down on someone else because they can't or can. Other way, other way around, right? Because neither circumcised or uncircumcised has no value. The only thing that matters is showing love to one another. We need to focus on the good things the Holy Spirit can produce in our lives, but also be aware of the bad thing that the flesh desires. You can focus so much on the negative, okay. I'm gonna avoid, 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 avoid that you're not focusing on producing the stuff of the spirit. I'm a good person because I didn't do those things. Uh, what is the separation of the sheeps and the goats? When did I see you hungry and not feed you? When 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 did I not come and visit you in prison? If you did it to the least of these, then you did it to me. We have to be careful that we are not caught up in avoiding sin, that we're not producing the Spirit's fruit in our lives. So how do we do that? Well, section three, here are the Holy Spirit steps. There's three action steps that Paul actually gives right after this passage that we need to do. One verse 25 since we live in by the spirit let us keep in step with the spirit okay everyone I, I want you to think of a tossed salad because it's let us. okay let us keep in step with the spirit and in that idea every time you read let us, think of a tossed salad it's something that's getting tossed around in your life that you need to look at okay what am I what's happening right now so let us keep in step with the spirit well how do you do that But one, you got to walk. In order, the spirit's moving. From the beginning of creation, the spirit hovered over the waters. The spirit is always moving. It's always rushing in like a mighty wind, and we need to be in step with the spirit. So, if you say, "I'm, I'm going to stay still, God, I'm not going to move until you tell me to do something," the Bible clearly tells us what we need to do. Act justly, live humbly, right? Those are the things that we need to do. But in keeping step with the Spirit, some of us just need to start taking the next step. You need to get moving. Don't, don't be like, oh, I can't witness to anybody. I haven't been trained yet. How, how do you get trained to witness? I don't, I don't see Jesus having training classes, uh, witnessing one-on-one, sign up on Wednesday. Jesus didn't do that. He walked and talked. It's as he was moving, he kept with the Spirit. The Spirit led him into the desert, sometimes hard times. The Spirit led him into this town or that town. I need to get to Jerusalem. I need to get to Jerusalem. Why? Because heh, I got to die. But he was led by the Spirit, keeping his step by the Spirit, listening to the Spirit that produces fruit. As we listen to the Spirit and as we keep in step with the Spirit, then there are times that the fruit is available for those that need it. For that moment. Because as you are in step with the Spirit, I don't know that gentleman's name last night when, I, when the Chick-fil-A fell on the ground. I don't know his name. But I was kind to him. Right? Now, obviously, I was hungry. I wanted food. My, my kids were like, Dad, feed me. Feed me. Right? Like, they wanted food. But in, as we live our life, the Spirit produces the fruit. So keep in step with the Spirit. That also means (laughs) avoiding the sin, right? But be aware of the sin, but listening to the Spirit. The second step is in verse 26. Don't get puffed. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. Okay, actually it's interesting. The Greek here, it's the only time conceited, provoking, and envying, it shows up in all of Scripture. Those terms that he uses here. The idea is to call to oneself, provoking, showing yourself up, and then inspiring and envying others, causing envy in others. Man, I am a really good Christian, y'all. Let me tell you what I did this week. That's the wrong thing to do. Don't, Don't boast about your good works, right? Don't pray like the Pharisees pray, but pray secretly so that your father may hear what you have to say rather than doing for the show. They got their just rewards. Don't provoke. Don't become conceited. Don't get puffed up. All I can think about is like that Ghostbuster Marshmallow Man, right? He just, just blows up, blows up, blows up. And the idea is like, man, he got puffed up. Jiffy Puff or whatever it is. I don't know. I haven't even watched the show. All I know is that don't, be careful not to get puffed up so much because what will happen is it will pop, right? The the pride comes before the fall. So be careful not to get puffed up. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. And then help others to God. This is a letter written. Chapters and verses weren't there. It was a letter. So look at uh, verses 1 through 1 and 2 of chapter 6. Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore the person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You want to know how to live for God? Is to help others to God. And when they sin, look, don't become conceited. Don't be like, Man, they blew it. But go with them in love and gently restore them. Bring them back. Carry one another's burdens. That is a hard thing to do. I got my own problems. What do you mean carry someone else's burdens? But verse 2 tells us that very clearly. Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. As we fulfill God's law, it's not about... The details, right? Circumcision, uncircumcision, that doesn't matter. It's not about the details. Eat this, don't eat that. Not about that. It's about the spirit behind it. Love one another and love your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We have to be careful of the slippery slope, right? Like, listen, if someone has a problem with drunkardness, right, and you used to drink, Probably not the wisest decision. You go in there and help them out. You can help them maybe on the outside, have someone else go and get them, bring them in, and then, hey, carry each other's loads. That's why there's, and yet if the church doesn't fulfill this, the biblical principles still apply. That's why AA meetings are, are instituted. And that there's community groups that help come and talk about it Here. Why is the church not assisting first? Why, why is it that we have to rely on others to do such things? God, help us to fulfill what you the commands that you wanted. To stay in step with the Spirit. The Spirit steps. Staying in step with the Spirit, producing the fruit, not becoming prideful or boastful about yourself, but help others to God. So the takeaway that I have today is this. Ask the Spirit to help you, first of all, to stay away from sin and produce good fruit, the love for others. I think as we kind of close up the giving tree, that's the real gift that we're supposed to be giving, right? We talk about how Jesus gives us power That's awesome. Power over sin, power over death, power, I could go on and on, right? Power to live this life. And we're to be the branch, we're only to be the conduit of the glory of God. That is the purpose of the giving tree. We just had Thanksgiving, right? A time to be thankful for the things that we have. Those are things. You know, We, our family, we weren't allowed to do Thanksgiving like we normally do. We usually have like 20 people at my mom's house. That didn't get happened this week. We had a Zoom call at 1130 on Thanksgiving morning. But grandpa was like, hey, each grandkid, tell me five things you're thankful for. Right? And you got our cousins, I'm thankful for food, I'm thankful for toys, I'm thankful for mom and dad, Right? They understand thankfulness as I'm happy for. But then you get to the adults and it's, man, I'm thankful for God's grace. I'm thankful. I'm thankful I'm standing up. I know there's a lot of people that didn't make it through COVID. We all know someone who is, who hasn't, who's no longer here. And yet God is still faithful. God is still good. And we have many in our church right now that is sick from COVID and other illnesses that we're going to take some time to pray for. But let us let challenge today that the Holy Spirit would, be the, would work through us to show the kindness, the love, the peace, the patience, the long, or what did King James put it, the long suffering? Yeah, sometimes we have some long suffering in us. It comes that way. But as we produce the fruit of gentleness, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, allow the Holy Spirit to use you to produce and bring others to God. Because that's the purpose of it all, to bring glory to God. Amen? Amen, let's pray.